if we're talking about 93 people killed, in my mind, the critical aspect right now is how do we begin to teach people how to interact differently. You're about to hear part two of our four-part series on the Black Agenda conversation we had this past Tuesday at Queen's Coffee Bar, 1720 Pegram Street in Charlotte, North Carolina. This episode is hot and heavy, especially at the end when we debate terms that we use on each other, about each other, and uh, want you to listen to the end. But right now, let's check out the part two series of the Black Agenda for Charlotte, North Carolina on the 20 Minute Morning Show for Friday, November the 1st. Before we go to these people, I'm sorry. Would you like to say something? I know you haven't said anything, but I'm trying to get every voice in here. Everything. I mean, everyone. Can I get your name? I'm sorry. I'm Star Thunderbird. Hey, Miss Star um, Thunderbird. Let's hear what you got to say, sister. Um, yeah, I'm here for the same reason. I'd like to come together under one. We have ten different organizations doing this, saying they do the same exact thing, and instead of coming together and make it as big as it can be, we're doing a little bit, and it's all because of ego and pride, and everyone wants to be a leader. No one wants to follow. No one wants to have their um, roles. Everyone wants to do the same thing. So I completely agree with everything y'all are saying. Okay. Um, okay. All right. We're, we're live at Queens uh, Coffee Bar. Come on down, y'all. 1720 uh, Pegram Street in Charlotte. And uh, we're going to pass the mic over to uh, oh, Tiffany. Oh, you forgot. <laughs> okay. Um, I think also <clears throat> we as black folk don't know strategy. Yes. Agree. Because it's a place for everyone Everything. in the spectrum. Yes. And I think a part of it is that we don't know where we fit. Yeah. Um, so we try to do everything. Like there are some people that are conveners. They can get people in the room, but they can't educate or say what the action plan should be. Um, like I don't think we have to put down our titles and everything versus giving everybody their place. Because everybody's not going to come together. Right. Period. That's right. But we can be in alignment and say, okay, I see how you advocate. That's what you need to do. But first, we need to get some people in the room. And that's what they over here do really well. And people will come out. Like, I think we haven't, we haven't elevated to a point where we can get past that egos to be able to reach out to someone. Right. You know what I mean? To be able to say, yo, I need you in the room. I need you in the room. I need you in the room. And even if you don't like them. For example, like with the, like with the press conference. I would say reach out to any and everybody personally right. to say we need you behind the mic so, to let them tell you no. So then you can call them out because you can hold them accountable to the fact that I said I invited you and said I need you there and you told me no. So now we can call someone out on right. that. Well, I got a question then for you. And we, and give it, but we've all mentioned this several times. What is it? How is it we can help because... I think ego is one of the biggest things, like you all said, that's killing our community. You know, I gave the example once that when you look at what um, the Republicans did over the past couple years, a lot of them didn't like each other, still don't like each other, but they got on one agenda. Why? What is it about us as a people that we can't say, okay, I can put this aside for now so we can get this done. Pride and arrogance. 
All right. Come on, go on. All right, get on the mic. Get on the mic. It might be partially. It might be partially. Excuse me. That's okay, brother. Partially, uh, just that uh, these organizations seem not to fellowship with each other enough. Like you can't know what's going on in the family if you don't talk to the family. So I don't know what your agenda is if we're not talking. So if it's six groups, all six groups need to be going from group to group to group to group weekly, two biweekly, monthly, so that we can be informed on what each person's or each group's agenda is. That way we can say, okay, this is what these three groups is on. Then these three groups can focus on aiding them this way or that way. That's good it, stuff, It's just brother. a matter of being one with each other as we move in, in real time rather than pointing out problems specifically. We should just be where each other are. So if I know y'all going to be there, okay, I'm the leader of this group. I'm going to go show up where they at. Yeah. And I'm going to keep showing up where they at. Maybe we need to dedicate time in our groups to just only be next to other groups. We right. don't have to keep meeting with each other, with our own group. We I need like to that. just spend months going to follow the BPC. Oh, we wow. need to spend months just following the Urban League or whoever. So that way we can all understand what direction everybody's going in and it won't be so much competition. It'll just be collaboration. Yo, Corinne, all right, Corinne Mack from the NAACP is here and we want to get her take on that. Wow, I, I, but can I just say I he love said what a great, you said. It's a great oh point. Oh my God, I love can, that. Can I just say, it's just Corinne Mack. Hey, Miss Mack. Because the NWCP doesn't define me. That's right. I was Corinne Mack before the NWCP. That's right. Let's get that clear. The problem is not the organizations. The problem is us as individuals. Mm. Until we're willing to have a self-examination self and check ourselves, it's always going to be a problem. Here's the thing. As a national organizer, I can go anywhere in, this, in the United States and get something accomplished. And coming to Charlotte and can get nothing done. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Yeah. 45 years in organizing. And I'm here to tell you, this is the worst city I've ever worked in. Ms. Mack, why? Why, why is that there the is case? There is a spirit in this city. Oh, wow. A spirit of darkness. Okay. Coming from brokenness and trauma and hurt and poverty. And when people lack, the opportunities that come along becomes far greater than the mission, for the most part. Now, I know people are saying the right things, but if you sit back and watch how they move, it's totally different from what they say. There are people who have read many books and can, articul can articulate very well what a revolution is supposed to be, but they've never been in a revolution. Mm -hmm. I have. And these Negroes ain't ready. <laughs> okay? Real so, talk. So can, is Charlotte going to be able to have black unity? Is that, so. is that off the table or is it? Unity is never off the table. What we need to understand is everybody's not going to be at the table. That's right. We're always talking about unity as if everybody must be right. at the table. That's right. But in every movement, somebody had to be left behind. Want to know why? Because you have folks who don't have the same agenda. You have folks who simply are afraid to go forward. You have folks who are after plants to keep the movement from moving forward. And so we need to be able to have discernment to know who's real about the work, who's committed to the work, and who is not. And it's okay. You still love your brethren, even if they're not committed to that specific work. Whatever work they're doing, bless them in what they're doing. But the spirit that's in this city that really is manifest from the root of hate, 
It's jealousy and envy and strife and backbiting and gossip and all those things that keep us divided. And so for those of us who are in this room right now who made a decision, even today, I'm coming here today because I want something different. I want to see who's ready. Let's start from that. Something as simple as a house meeting. Right. Maybe you'll have the first house meeting. And, and or maybe a sister in the room will have the first house meeting. And they bring folks in their community into that room because we can't have a movement without the people. We can't lead uh, yeah. nobody. What we do is we give them the tools to lead themselves. I do not believe in the concept of having one leader, okay? I was raised in Harlem, USA, and my mentor was Malcolm X. And this man moved in such a way that everybody who moved with him had the ability to be a leader. That's right. What we're doing is that we are, we are coveting everything. We're going into these spaces with these white folks trying to get this money, these grants, and coming out and doing a forum here and a forum there, and acting as if we're down with the cause, but we've already been bought off. <laughs> I'm just saying, I got yeah. so much more to say, but I'm ready. That's right. If y'all ready, I'm ready. And that brings us to Brother Norman, because Brother Norman, you want to make an announcement about why we're here, because we have a follow-up to this that everybody's going to be able to participate in and your skill set about the uh, Thursday meeting. Oh, uh, Thursday, we want to have a, um, a call to action. Um, after 1995, the Million Man March, the Minister, Minister Farrakhan set up um, the nine ministries to deal with self-serving self our communities and the Greater Charlotte LOC in every city. I would like to see the LOC come back and restart the service our community again because we're needed more now than ever. And um, I really, really, me, this is just something that I believe. I would like, I'd like to have a meeting. I'm calling out to all the former LOC members to come back. Um, I'm having a meeting at our Peacekeeper headquarters this Thursday at 7 p.m to try and rejuvenate, get us back into the swing of things of serving our community. Um, 91 murders in the city of Charlotte is far too many. Matter of fact, on my way here tonight, something else happened on Betty Ford in LaSalle at the food line. Two. Two incidents in that same corridor. That corridor is under attack. Somebody mentioned to me today that it has to be planned because that's the next gentrification era right. that they're going into. So they have to lay the groundwork in the foundation for them to be able to come in. So we have to go work harder within those areas to try and fight that. And um, crime and violence, we're not going to end it, but being present for peace, we can reduce it. I believe that in the presence of peace, violence can't exist. And as long as we're present for peace, it can't exist. So we have to find our way to be out there more, to be more involved. Women, children, everybody has a part to play, whether we have an organization or not. <clears throat> and with that being said, if everybody do a little, nobody has to do a lot. But we all have to be found doing something. So let me ask you this. Um, we did this at church, and, and, and I thought this is outstanding, and this would be great. We had a thing called small groups. And what the small groups did is we met in different sections of town. We had a agenda to talk about, but everybody did a little different. And then after we kind of got everybody orientated, every now and then, not all the time, we'd bring all the small groups together. Let me ask, instead of us trying to always try to get this one big alley, would it be more productive if we did get a group of, let's say, 10 individuals in different aspects of the town and say, hey, let's start like this. 
you get you a group of six, seven people into your home. Here's the agenda we want to cover, okay? Let's go over that and then have them train and then take those groups and, and grow out. Because I think what, what we're all saying is this. One, we need to be on the same agenda. Two, not only the same agenda, we need to be saying the same language. That's, and there's, that's two different things. If you realize, like right now, again, I, I love politics, so I'm going to use it again. I don't care how wrong one party is. They all get together. This is the, this is the talking points. Don't they do that? So do, do you all think it would be effective, one, if we got small groups all over the community to train, not only train them, but then have us all on the same page. Could we do that is the question. Let me just say that's called a snowflake model, by the way, what you're talking about. There's a real name for it. Oh, okay. It's I just a, call it small groups, but I like called, that better. It's called a snowflake model. Okay. And it, it's actually what Mar Martin Luther King and the Brethren did back in the day. Okay. It does work. But, but, but the key is this. Whatever area we go into, uh -huh. there must be someone who lives in that specific community leading the conversation. Right. They are hosting the conversation. Right. We should never disrespect anyone by going into their neighborhood no, 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 and no, taking no. over the conversation, right? But before we even get to that, those of us in this room who said we've committed to this have to have a deeper conversation. Okay. We have to have a strategy, a short-term plan and a, and long, a long term, term plan. plan. I agree. And when we leave the room, we all understand what our mission is. So that when we go in any part of this city, we are, in fact, speaking the same thing. We, we've already committed. This is our plan. So we're going to move in that way. And we got it made. So let, let me ask this question. So what is, coming behind what Sunday's saying, what is the one thing that all of us could agree on that could, needs to take place in the next 30 days of beginning to organize? Because when we, we thought of this, it was to have a conversation about it. But it sounds like people are ready to, wanting, move. Ready to move forward ready real move, quick. Because all of us are part of organizations. I'm a part of organizations. You all, all everybody's a part of organizations. So what, what is that thing that we all could agree on to say, you know, this group in here, we could stay together and mushroom what we're doing uh, and bring more people in uh, with the mission? Um, for me, it would be one, make an assessment and find something to be a part of that's already happening. Yes, okay. Because, yeah. like, I, I live in a historic West End corridor. Yeah. And there are two initiatives already going on there. One for economic development with the business corridor, and then one where trying to keep elders in their homes and really giving them the resources and finding out what we need to do to make so you can keep your house. Like, I live in a historic West End corridor. I'm sure everybody else has something that's already going on. But what does it look like to really plug in, dig deep, and support? Well, what does I, that really look like? Can I say this? Um, and I, what you said is great. But I think what we're going to have to do is maybe, let's go old school. We might have to get a board, throw it all up on the board, all the because everybody has a different perspective. Let's, let's acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. But we need to find maybe one or two items that everybody can say, okay, I can let my little bit here go for a second so we can get these through. We need a victory, y'all. Right. We need a win. Why do we need a and, and we don't need a win for just the win's sake. That's right. We need a win so other people will see that it can be done. Okay? So I, I, I think what our first task, we do need to have that deeper meeting. 
And in that deeper meaning, we need to let everybody okay. express their feelings of what they think it should be. And then we need to come down to one or two things and go after it. Only, only thing I think is like a mad dog. Have you ever seen a mad dog go after something? He don't well, quit. And that's what we got to do. We got to find something that we're so, everybody got to get on board. And it, it's like if somebody's trying to attack your baby. I, you need to fight like that. We need a win. That's what I believe. Yes, ma'am. Corinne wanted to say right something. Now, oh, right now, my biggest concern, sir, is protecting lives. I believe that we, sh we should use um, Seattle's and San Diego's model of harm-free zone. There's even one out in Durham, they're using it now. It's not quite the same as the one that I know, but I think it's important that we begin to train people how to protect themselves and how to begin to trust each other in their community. And that is going to take some work, but that also begins with having people converse with one another, people who do not dialogue now. We can begin to initiate something as simple as a dialogue yes. amongst folks. Right. We can begin to teach conflict resolution, right? And so we're teaching people how to deal with conflict in a different way so that there isn't a, a level of violence that comes into the community that will cause harm or murder. If we're talking about 93 people killed, in my mind, the critical aspect right now is how do we begin to teach people how to interact differently and how do we save lives? Right. Well, you know, man, I keep going back to those eight steps of, of the atonement, right? But then the, the, the deeper thing is there's so much self-hate and our people don't have the knowledge of self because if we had the knowledge of self, we wouldn't pick up a butter knife to harm each other. So how do you, we have to begin to teach our people in the neighborhoods the value of life, the respect for life, and the, sa the sacredness of life. And so it's like it's so many levels of what we have to do to, I'm, I'm gonna say, you know, people might not like the term, but we have to civilize our people because we are savage as hell right now when the way we are slaughtering each other. And when I use the term savage, a savage is a person who's lost the knowledge of themselves and is living the life of a beast. And right now we're beast in human forms where you can kill somebody and go to McDonald's and eat a hamburger and say, you know, you see that nigga gasp for air when I shot him. You know, so this is what we, where we are with our young people. And when the shooting happened on uh, Friday night, Brother Norman and I were over there, um, that's near our office over there of uh, Catherine Simmons. And there were so many young brothers and sisters out there that I had never seen before in that neighborhood. It's like they just woof. And they're together now. They're together. But we got to get to the young people because if you look around the room, you know, we all are getting older now. You know, we've been doing this a long time. We got to reach out to our young people and get them involved in their own salvation to save their lives as well. But BJ, so, yeah. I, I guess my question always is this, and I agree with you. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. But what is it about us as a people, and I gotta say us, that we don't love each other? I just told you. Because I, I just said we don't have let, the knowledge let, of self. Let me, let what me, about? Let what? me ask the whole question. Let me ask the whole question, BJ. Okay, good. All right. Now you done messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get the knowledge of self. But here, here's the issue I have with that. If the white cop pulls over a white young man, he sees someone in himself. That's why he doesn't shoot him. Why is it 
again, it's more than just knowledge itself, that I can look at you and want to kill you. And, I, and I what just, I think it is, I can tell you, I just told you, when we're, we are blood of each other's blood, flesh of each other's flesh. And when we, we came over here through slavery, we, we came over here and suffered the worst degradation that human beings have ever suffered. We are brothers in a real sense of the word. So if I love you like I love myself, I could never pick up a gun to shoot you. But, but because the, we don't have that knowledge. No, but we don't love ourselves. You because it's self, no, it's self-hate. I just right. told you, what are you, what, it's self-hate. But, but what, what you missed. You taught, you've been taught to hate yourself right. by okay. your enemy. What? Okay, so no. if you don't, if you keep hanging around him, you're going to hate each other forever. So black people are going to have to decide. Now, this is the other part. This What's is my the, other passion that we're going to have to separate our people from these white people in order for us to have some peace. You got to get our people to themselves and teach them who they are without any interference. I, I it's like we have to be, it's like we have to be quarantined from having been made into a nigga in Charlotte and all over the world. I so you, you're talking about black people who don't even, when I see you, we don't even speak to each other when we walk in the room. What That's you, think? you walk minute, in church and they don't even speak. And you t you coming in there to worship God. Man, come on, man. This, you, is, a, this is a joke. Do I don't understand how y'all don't, you don't know the, that the people need the knowledge of themselves, which is the knowledge of the creator and how we relate to him and how we relate to one another. That's it. Do you think that music has a lot to do with it, like radio? No. Um, in the dividings and television? No. And all of that is destruction? I don't, and I'm gonna tell you why. Let me, let me explain why. It's a part. It, I, large my, part of it. Can I, can I just tell you about my life? The only time I really interact with whites is at work. My community's black. I worship, they're black, my social's black, and that's true for a lot of us, right? So I get what you're saying, but if, if all you see seeing is black and you still hate black, it's deeper. It, it, it's so deep. I think um, it's almost like we, we need professional psychologists to come in our neighborhoods and really get to, to and it's self-love, it is, it is. But it's, it's, it's so ingrained. We gotta literally create someone new inside of them. Because if I can look at you every day, but if how, I can be with you every day, but I still kill you? Well, but, how, well, how are you gonna do that with this education system that makes you listen, hate yourself? Stop, stop making excuses about education. No, I'm just, no, 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 I'm no, just no. telling you. Because I'm, if, again, you, don't, if we, you don't, you can't get your children to yourself and raise uh, them out of this white supremacist mindset, we we the number one killers of our of ourselves right now. So that that's not the white man doing that. That's the white man that live in us. They okay. hate niggas just like all the other black people hate niggas. The white folks hate niggas. Turn it on. So we hate niggas. Can black I, people do. Can I go okay, go. go ahead. I just have two cautions here. Wait a minute. Because it's actually about your savage's comment. I have two cautions for us here. Having just come off of seeing uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, and he was talking about the interrogation of language. And I think we need to be really, really careful about utilizing language 
that is harmful to our people to try to eradicate the harm. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking, and I don't agree with you on that, the music has been around and as an expression for a long, long time. I don't think it's only music. However, I do think we need to be careful about what language we use when we talk about, uh, we, we're trying to talk about our brothers and sisters and we call them savages. They, they are, we do act savages. I cannot. But that's okay, you don't have to agree. Well, I don't, I, I, but it, doesn't, it doesn't stop the fact if, that we are we affirm, experiencing savagery. If you are talking savagery. about living into love, you yourself are talking about living into love. I know love. that. Is it, I, how do you want to use the word savage? But sister, I'm being Count very, to yourself. I'm like, being very frank. If we're going to build a level of consciousness that we can build with each other, we got to stop calling each other niggas and savages. Well, Period. Point blank. Well, listen. Do listen. Let me let me qualify my statement. Do you know what a nigga is? A nigga is the Frankenstein we, we, experiment we, 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 of white folks. It is. But I'm saying that's what, what that's what we. We are the Frankenstein of white people. You are using the people. master's tools. You are using the master's tools. We will never deconstruct that, the master's that, house. That's okay. Audrey you can Moore. disagree. No, because you can you disagree are, with you, me. You have okay, to be okay. conscious well, of your language. Wait a minute. Okay. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. One second. Wait a minute. Wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. One second. One second. We all need to. We all need to have expression, and I want everybody to get it out. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let, let, let's, let's make sure okay, we can so all hear each other. Because here's what happens. I love it. We should get passionate. But we got to hear each other. That's the problem. I love the passion. But we got to allow each other. Okay, so, so, that's okay if my sister disagree with me. I'm not going to fall out. We ain't going to fall out so, over so that. So let's say this. In this space, this is a black space, right? In this yeah. space, we have to make agreements as to how we're going to be speaking before we even get to this point. Because the fact is, since 1619, we've been oppressed. So we're talking about centuries of oppression, centuries of trauma, centuries of hurt and pain. Yes. And generational harm and generational curses right. that we have not come out of. What we've learned to do is abdication, uh, right? I agree. What we've learned is resilience. But it doesn't mean that we're not carrying those scars. And so when you hear Sister Janine say, let's not use the slave man's language, let's not use the, the oppressor's language, there is a very good point to that. Although in these spaces right now, this is rough and raw. So people are saying things that's coming directly up out of them. Right. So I get that. But in a space of love, We've got to find ways to have safe language and be very clear about who the enemy is. Now. Who is the enemy of? Well, sometimes we're the enemy. The enemy is within. Sometimes we're our own enemy. And that's what I want to get to. What I want to get to is historically how we have assimilated and emulated the master's way of life. Who's the master? Culture. Well, first of all, uh, my master is not someone else's master, but I'm talking about the master, not the master. The master, meaning the slave owner. The slave owner who had total control over not only who you are, what you are, what you ate, when you drank, how you slept, who you live with, if your children stayed, if your children left, and if in fact you were treated well today or not. That was the master. And the master now is systemic. Whoa. It's everywhere. It's everywhere because they control the systems. The question for us in this room is, what are we going to choose to do? Coming up next episode, it'll be part three of the conversation about the black agenda for Charlotte 
what will it look like for black people in 40 years from now since the city of charlotte has a 2040 plan what is our 40-year plan that's coming up next episode part number three coming up on the 20-minute morning show To catch over 100 episodes of the 20-Minute Morning Show, go to our website, 20minuteshow.com, and subscribe.